Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan. I am the football grump, and with me as always is my cohort, Mike the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Grump? Did you have a good fourth? Did you uh, JPP your fingers? I did not JPP my fingers. And nice we hope that none of you did either. We hope everybody has a decade worth of digits on their finger on their hands at this moment. How else would you click your mouse to find us on iTunes? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anybody has voice-activated uh, iTunes at this point. But, yes, we are still on iTunes. We have not been thrown off by Tim Cook. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Download us, subscribe to us, whatever the kids do these days. Uh, you can also follow us on SoundCloud and listen to our lovely broadcasts each week as we get ready for another New York football giant season. We are going to continue our um... – our discussion from last week where we run through the schedule and kind of look at matches up on paper. Week four, um, big trip for us. We're making the roadie down to Tampa. Uh, our bitter rivalry with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Bitter rivalry, why you ask? Well, I went to Florida, as you probably know, and most of my buddies are Buck fans, and we jaw it all the time between our two teams. So big rivalry. I'm sure no one else cares, but we'll be making the trip down there for this one. I you care. care. <laughs> if I'm if I'm going to be at the stadium when a Giants jersey, I care. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they take guns for real down there, guys. <laughs> um, uh, what do we think about the Bucks right now? You know, um, we uh, they're they're one of those hip picks right now. You know, uh, I think people are a little overboarding their skis a little bit with them, but you know, I, I have to be proven that Jameis can make that next jump. He's got a lot more weapons now. Um, what, what do you see with this? If you're a Bucks fan, you should be happy with the way the the organization is going. They've they've made a lot of the right strides for the first time in a while. It, you know, it's been um, it's been quite some time since the Josh Freeman years, but um, you know, they, they they've they've got the right thing going. They've got Mike Smith, a former head coach, as the defensive coordinator. They've really they've really improved the roster, and they're doing it the right way through the draft. They're they're not signing overloaded contracts to Darrell Revis anymore. Um, that being said, uh, there are some things that do not match up well with us. Former New York Giant Robert Ayers is a very good defensive end who does not get a lot of credit. Um, you know you've got Gerald McCoy in the in the middle there too, who is lights on lights off kind of guy. Is you know the rumblings we hear from Tampa friends. Um, but they've slowly built up that defense. Vernon Hargraves, another old friend of ours, yeah, yeah. who's had a who, rough had a rough uh, rookie year. You know, kind of uh, took him a little while to get adjusted to playing in the league. But I, I think he'll be fine. You know, tons of natural talent. You know, I actually think was probably better than uh, Tabor really? as a Gator. I think so. I know his senior year or his junior year, he was clearly looking forward to the league. But I think. From a, a a talent standpoint and, and a you know technique, I think he's better. Yeah, um, I think the the addition of Deshaun Jackson to complement Mike Evans is a huge is a huge addition to this to this team. Uh, Do we think he's overrated or washed up at this point? Sure, I, I I've always thought he was overrated, but well, I mean, he, like more passes prime more than overrated. Sure, but he's still one of the faster guys in the league. He has good hands and he runs good routes. He doesn't yeah. run a, a variety of routes, but here's what he does. He's not the number one guy. He doesn't need to be. He right. allows Mike Evans to do a lot more, and he's the number one guy. Uh, 
And the other thing is that he may be a one-trick pony, but his one trick is to just run fast. It doesn't take a whole lot of gelling in the offense and learning a ton of different things to be able to do that. As far as, you know, a route tree technician would need to know all these things and, you know, whatever. I, of course, this this is a little bit of exaggeration on my part, but, you know, he's got to learn the plays and whatever. But his specialty does not lend itself to a ton of practice. Right. Um, do, he will be able know. To, to be Deshaun Jackson year one, no question. And and yeah. what that means is that it frees up Mike Evans to do a lot more. When when Deshaun Jackson was in Washington, I don't think it was very clear who the hell was the number one receiver on that team. <laughs> if it was him or Garcon or there was a lot of identity issues on that team. Yeah, you know, just you know, from top down. Uh, the question is going to be: Can Jameis get him the ball? Uh, I know you really don't like Jameis Winston, but I'm surprised. I don't like. I don't like as a as a human being. I don't like him as quarterback. You know, I have not decided yet if he's just going to be a, you know, a fifteen to twenty five quarterback in this league or a five to ten. And you know, this is his third year now, and it's time for him to show: Is he going to make that leap into that upper echelon? Is he just going to be a a serviceable quarterback that's you know given more talent around him could be slightly above average or just an average guy i haven't i don't know yet i think from what i've seen i'm surprised um and i think that as they've slowly added talent because there's not a whole lot of talent to speak of from last year's roster and the year before that even less so they've they've slowly added free agents to smaller contracts um, that can contribute right away, and they've been drafting some good talent, like Jeremy McNichols uh, was the fifth round pick this year that should have probably went higher in the fourth or third round. Charles Sims in 2014. You know, they've I had think, some bad. I they've think had, that they... he's that name that's going to stick around for a while. That people will keep thinking him as that young quarterback until that one year. Maybe it's this year. Probably not, but maybe next year. But. Jameis Winston, I think, is going to be a quarterback that will be feared if he has some talent around him. To be determined. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sold yet. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a bust by any stretch. But is he going to be a guy that's going to, you know, you know, again, an MVP type candidate quarterback? I don't know if he's ever. Going to I be don't that know yet. if he'll be MVP type quarterback. But well, I don't think that in in through two to three years it's out of the question to say that he might be in the pro bowl running if they continue to build this roster the way they have been okay let's use that as the barometer that's a little more fair i think is you he know may not make it in but he, he he could be in the running i would say mm-hmm. i would say that he has the raw talent he has the ability and he's shown from year one that he was able to jump in and lead the team and and do good things and remember we were there uh what was it two years ago his rookie year yeah yeah and that was no slouch game. That did come down to the last couple drives. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we were a slouch team then, but we, you and I kind of thought that we were going to roll in there and roll out of there. <laughs> we do that all the time, though. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. This one could really give us some trouble, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if we lost, but I don't think it would be one of those ones where we get the snot knocked out of us. I was going to say this again is another one of those, if you follow giant history, one one of those games where, you know, the the, the, the Eagle game is the game where, like, you're just going to get your ass kicked. You know, it doesn't look good. And this is the game where you feel like we've underachieved and lost the game you probably should. 
and then all of a sudden, you know, if things are going to form, we're two and two, and it's like, you know, what is this team doing? What are we? We're underachieving, and people start to to, to panic a little bit. Yeah, I uh, I think this will be a close one, and if if the Giants are able to claw their way from a, I, I don't know if I want to say poor performance or just where things aren't falling their way. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When when the ball just isn't falling their way, if they're able to claw a victory out of it, we'll say a lot about the character of this team. And I think internally, externally, I'm sure that the media will rip them apart for playing a poor game. But internally, it will mean a lot for them to win that game. Last year, those are the games that we lost, where those we kind of hung around. Like the Minnesota game, we hung around. Even the Green Bay game, we kind of hung around. We just lost. You know, were those those bad luck games, or were those games where we were really exposed for our weaknesses on offense? We knew we had no running game. We had no third down game. But still, games that we kind of hung around and we, you know, a play here or there. We we, we don't make the stop on third down on this. You know, we could win the game. If this happens, we could win. I think this is the year where I think we win those ugly games. And I, I think this would be the first one of those where we see kind of a gritty performance. We actually do win it. Yeah, and this is the the type of game where it would be gritty. I can see this being a muddy game in the beginning of October in humid Tampa. I could just see them rolling around in slop and and it just being a mess. Kind of like the London game. Kind of like mm-hmm. Yeah. Following that will be October 8th. The Chargers will be coming to the Giants Stadium to play at 1 o'clock. How do you feel about playing the San Diego Chargers, who traditionally give us a lot of trouble? Well, I, you know, first of all, we'll be playing the Los Angeles Chargers since Sorry. they have officially moved. Sorry. <laughs> I know you probably. I still call them the L.A. Chargers from 1960. I haven't gotten over that yet. They are but, actually uh, the um, the Lightning Dodgers uh, now. If you've seen the yeah. logo, I, I'm glad the market itself corrected itself, so I can actually say the L.A. Chargers again and not. But uh, this is the perfect team to play at the perfect time of the season. Where, you know, I think we're kind of in agreement. We're most likely going to be two and two after the Buck game could be a two-game losing streak and, you know, aggravation and frustration, you know, negative momentum, but potentially two losses in a row. So I think this is just, you know, what the doctor ordered playing a team like this. You always want to look out for those savvy veteran quarterbacks, don't you? Exactly. Guys who have their sea legs in the NFL for, you know, a decade (laughs) or so. Um, I do think that there are some some real weaknesses on this team. I know they've signed Russell Okung. And I know that Joey Barksdale is a pretty good, is a a damn good right tackle. Uh, they've they've drafted Forrest Lamp. I don't think that that's any sort of match for what our defensive line has to offer. Um, they also drafted Dan Feeney, which I I guess I forgot. I, it was a right guard that I was thumping the table for, but nevertheless, you can't play both Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney at the same time. So. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of talent on this team in terms of weaponry. I know they drafted Mike Williams, but I mean, Antonio Gates is like what a hundred. <laughs> um, they they have Hunter Henry that they drafted last year. He's pretty pretty good tight end. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon's there. My my real issue with this team is how do you deal with Joey Bosa when you have the offensive line that the Giants have? That's we're gonna see where uh, you know. How do we scheme against it? How do we, uh, you know, mass pass protection? I don't know. You know, this is where, uh, you know, having better tight ends than we did last year is going to help. This is where, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. This might be the Red Ellison game. This might be the game where Red Ellison gets a ton of snaps um, just simply based on his blocking ability. Uh, and, you know, Joey Bosa is a really good uh 
end. I know you watched a lot of Ohio State because they're your second favorite team. But of course, naturally, <laughs> um, he's he's going to be overzealous if he's getting double teamed and blocked a lot and having trouble. You know, the slip screen game works really well in overzealous uh, mm-hmm. defensive ends. Mm-hmm. So you know, you f- you you fake to flub a block and suddenly you're wide open and there's plenty of room to run. And again, these are plays and formations and parts of the field we never even touched last year. So the amount of film that other teams have on us doing that is very limited. I could see Paul Perkins having a lot of screens in this game and really doing some damage. Uh, You know, it's going to be tough to deal with Joey Bosa with with Melvin Ingram, you know, back there also. And quite frankly, in the middle with Denzel Perriman, who was a guy that I really wanted the Giants to take a couple of years ago. This is a this is a defense that's that's building some nice pieces. Uh, the back seven on this team, sorry, not the back seven, but the uh, the corners and safeties on this team are pretty terrible. Uh, should there be enough time afforded Eli Manning, this is the kind of game where Beckham and Marshall can really do some serious damage. Maybe not so much Shepard uh, mm-hmm. due to the three four system and the the quality linebackers that they have, but the outside guys can do a lot of damage if Eli can have just enough time to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing we should really preface with this as we kind of go forward is now we start again to week, you know, five, six, seven, eight. Injuries are going to start taking a toll on all these teams, you know, Giants included. So, you know, we're, we're looking at every one of these games in a bubble of, you know, week one roster at full health, too. So, oh, yeah. And that's that's why we're we're not giving you any predictions, just our gut feelings. We're looking at matchups. We have no right. idea what the roster is even going to be. Odell Beckham knocking on all the wood there is in the universe yeah. could tear his ACL in training camp. He may not could, play could, this whole year. It could still be holding out for a contract in week six. We don't know. Yeah. You know, crazier things have happened in yeah. this league. It's uh, it's extremely premature to say wins or losses. We're just sort of looking at gut feelings we have and looking at matchups on paper. Uh, this one, to me, if this were a primetime game or if this were a game... Like, if, if this were a Monday night game or if this were in Los Angeles, I would feel pretty worried. But given that it's a 1 o'clock game at home, that's a lot of tough sledding for for the Chargers to overcome. That's a tough yeah. That's a tough trip. And, you know, this is not going to be an easy, you know, couple of years for them, too. I mean, they're going to be playing in a tiny little stadium in Carson. They're not going to have hardly any home field advantage. It's going to be one of those... They're almost like a nomadic team. Like I, I believe they're still even working out, like just north of San Diego during the week. Like they signed some deal with some, uh, you know, some complex. So it's going to be a very strange next few years for them. It's like really a team without a home. So you know, once you start getting around week five, six, that starts to grind on you as well. Sure. If if the Giants can put up points here, I don't think that it's going to be too difficult to do away with them. And I I think that Ben McAdoo is actually very good at dealing with problems with the offensive line and and good pass rush teams. He's drawn up some very good plays. Um I think that they'd have he'd have more trouble with teams with good corners than anything else. Mm-hmm. Being that we can't run the ball. Uh but that's not the case here. So I I feel pretty good about this game actually. I do too. I again, I think this is in the perfect spot in the season where you know we're gonna be playing i think with a little bit of desperation you know again i like if it goes to form how we think it is you know we're not gonna be we're not gonna want to have a three-game losing streak we're not gonna want to be two and three so with 
you know, Denver, Seattle, you know, on the horizon. Yeah. And and jumping right into that, the next week is at Denver. It's uh it's a Sunday night game. Um you know, last week we were on the schedule uh, – sorry, sorry. We were on the, the topic of home field advantages um, and, you know, ones that count, ones that don't. Do you think that mile high is really uh, a home field advantage Oh, the thinner air? I For no other reason, the we were in Denver uh, last weekend and we heard a factoid that the air pressure is 15% less than what it is at sea level. That's a big, big difference. Sure. Especially especially the way world-class athletes are fine-tuning their bodies. You know, every little, you know, how much they hydrate themselves, how much, the, what, you know, the nutrition they put in their bodies, when they're working out, the GPS, you know, uh, workouts that they do now, everything is so fine-tuned. You're making a major change to your body in a very short amount of time. Now, if we had a bye week before and we were out there for seven, eight days, that's one thing, but you know the fact that that stadium is so loud and that crowd is so into it, um, you know the, the the atmosphere. I mean, I, I know it's been completely forgotten and rightfully so in history. But if everybody Giant fans remember, September tenth, two thousand one, was the Monday night game. It started the season was the first ever home game at the new Mile High. And we got blown out. I mean, we were out of it from the first snap, and we looked like a tired, lost team playing in that game. So we've had a history of – there was a, a Thanksgiving night game probably about, I don't know, five or six years ago where we just got smoked. So That I really, made famous I, I really, for me uh, the F-bomb that was dropped on, on national TV that day. Who was who the head coach then? Was, is it He's uh, – Oh, he's the offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh now. Uh, Haley? It's Haley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they you know they did like a sideline thing, and he's screaming at the players, and they had to issue an apology and everything. It was great. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the only highlights of that uh, Thursday night for that me. It was the only thing that made me smile the entire time I watched it. That and the uh, turkey farts I had later on that evening, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, yeah I mean this one. You might put this one in, you know, the darkest permanent ink magic marker you have as a loss. <laughs> I personally think. Yeah. Uh, I've never been to Denver. I have friends that live out there. I will be out there for this game. Uh, so this will be the first time I can view it in person. But from what I understand, my friends who work as bartenders and such, this is a town shutdown kind of scenario. Uh, the yeah. Denver Broncos yeah. are playing. And it's a night game. The town is off. Nothing is open. The town is not yep. open. Um, so th- that's the kind of thing that I think people from around our area over here, if you're listening from the metropolitan area, can't really fathom. Um, there can be, you know, a Met there Gala are, going on while the Giants are playing a Monday night game. Yeah, there are like five or six environments in the NFL that are college, you know, mentality and college atmosphere. You know, obviously Green Bay, Kansas Pittsburgh, City. Kansas City, Buffalo. When they're good, Jacksonville. Uh, you know, they've been so dormant and so bad for a long time. But, you know, those type of cities where, you know, that is the in thing to do and that is the social event of the week. So um, you, you put it on a Sunday night where, you know, it's uh, prime time, you know, 
towns like that, that's a big deal. You know, we don't think of it as much here in New York or in L.A., but when you're in a town like that, it's big. You know, the old days, like, you know, uh, Howard Cosell and Frank Gifford are coming to town. It's still a big deal to be on primetime. So I, I don't see any way we win this game. So that makes that Buck game I'm, – I'm sorry, the, the, the Charger game even more critical that we win because Absolutely, yeah. the season could be, you know – if we lose this Charger game, uh, this Bronco game, and then we're looking at Seattle next week, That's, we could be going into free. It could be in free fall this season, heading into the bye week. It's tough sledding. So when I look at this on paper, when I look at the rosters, it actually plays into our favor. You know, with no intangibles, you know whatsoever. This team doesn't have a great pass rushing presence. I know. I, I look. I know. Von Miller. Okay, I get it. Shane Ray. Okay, I get it. Derek Wolf. Okay, I get it. But that. I mean. That's pretty much, in my opinion, the Von Miller show. And I think if you can shut him down, this is not the Super Bowl team that won in spite of Peyton Manning. Uh, no. there, there are some big pieces missing from that team, and I, I don't see it that way. I, I, I They have Charles Harris as the corner, yeah, I know. And Aqib Tlaib, I think, is kind of on the back end of his career at this point. A little bit on name right now than you know maybe two three years ago. Yeah, I I, I think defensively they pose the most threat. When I look at the offense, Demarius Thomas, okay, great great wide receiver, but we have wonderful corners. I I have no doubt that Janoris Jenkins can handle him fairly well. Emmanuel Sanders is a speed guy. I don't consider him to be too much of an issue that we can't handle with a free safety in a corner. After that, it's all running game. C.J. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Jamal Charles, Devontae Booker. That's it. I don't even know what quarterback we're going to be playing against. Is it still going to be Trevor Simeon? Is it going to be Paxton Lynch? They drafted Chad Kelly this year. Who the hell knows? At this point in the season, who knows? Yeah. So on paper, matchup to matchup, this is a game that goes in our favor. A bad offense with a defense that's pretty much going to be the only thing holding them together. If this game was in the Meadowlands, I would I would put this in the win category. But again, you're kind of pissing in the wind when you're playing up there at night. Yeah, yeah. Based on intangibles, this one could really go either way. But then again, mm-hmm. there is something to be said about this this Giants group. Uh, this is not a bunch of old guys. This is a very young team that has a very good core. I mean. On paper, this is, well, this is a game. Let's put it this way: we're getting in now into week. What is this? Week six. Yeah. If we have injuries, you know, if we're thin, oh, especially it's, on it's, the offensive line, it's, it's, tough it's over. Sledding. Yeah. Right. Right. I think this would be one of those, you know, gut check games to see how we are physically. And if we, you know, if we are really, you know, three starters out in the defensive line or something, and that rotation, you know, is a lot thinner, we're hosed. Yeah. They could bring Peyton back to quarterback that one game for old timers game. We'd still lose. So it's going to be how they show up. Uh, I don't really, I don't really have an answer for intangibles. They're going to have to be ready to play with that. They're going to have to be able to come in there with a game plan and just shut it down. They're going to have to shut down the offense, make Simeon or Lynch or Kelly throw the ball at our very good corners, and hope that the defense can just. I mean, that's really the theme for this. This is really the theme for the whole season with this defense is get everybody in third and long and let them have to play into our strength. That's yeah. it. Well, I mean, I know the advantage is going to be we're playing against, you know, rookie and crappy quarterbacks all the better. But, you know, when we're playing a team like Dallas, you know, 
we got to get the we we got to somehow make it you know the 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 third and long has to be the game yeah yeah i mean it just it it comes down to that this offense has added enough weapons i think to be more tremendous than it was last year of course it would have benefited from having joe thomas on it or something like that but that's just not in the cards and that's not how the world works you don't get joe thomas that's not how it works um so the offense will be able to do far more this year than last year in my opinion based on based on what i can see uh i think that the offense can be a contributing part of the wins this year it will not this team will not win in spite of the offense it won't be it won't be a negative for the defense. You know, I, I don't I think don't we're going to see that the, the, this offense is not going to be dragging the defense to the snow at any point this year. That's what I mean. You know, I, I think you're going to see. You know, all you have to do is look at time of possession in games when we get into week six, seven, eight, and see is it still ridiculously lopsided? How many punts per game are we doing? You know, you know what's average starting field position? You know, that's kind of an that's an indicator of offense as well. So. I feel weary about that one, but I will be out there anyway just to see it myself. Um, I'm getting the uh, I'm getting the itch to go and join you, but you know, no plans have been made at this point. Yes, well, it'll be nice. Um, I have an LSU game to deal with the day before, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you lose that game, I don't want you to come. All right. That's good, probably a good point. I don't need your negativity. With <laughs> 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 grump and the cranky fan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now you know we have a quick turnaround again. Yeah. Um, on Sunday. It's not really that quick of a turnaround. It's the Sunday afternoon game versus the Sunday night right. game. You'll be flying all night. Again, you're jumping time zones again. Oh, and one thing we should talk about is the number of teams we're playing coming off bye weeks. And I don't have it in front of me, the number, but I think it's like three or four games. Yeah, it's we're some playing. bullshit. <clears throat> yeah. We were not really dealt the best hand this year with uh, you know the little competitive advantages that we're not going to have. Yeah. But it comes to the territory. There's worse things to be dealt in the schedule. You know, for all the West Coast teams that we are playing this year, a fair share are home at the right time, if that makes any sense. There's not a whole lot of flying out to the West, flying back home, flying back out to the West sort of scenarios. Right. And it looks like I'm looking at the entire schedule. The West Coast teams we play at home, 1 o'clock, well, the 425 game. One o'clock, kind of evened up. It wasn't exact. I thought it would be. I thought they were all one o'clock games, but there was a four twenty-five game, so not much of an advantage. But you know, again, they still. Yeah, but it could have been so it's much a, worse. A, is what I'm it's, saying. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder on the body to come east than it is to go west. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yes. From experience, I can tell you that that is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, com- coming home to play Seattle. Um, all right. So competitive advantage. You're playing Seattle at home. That is. It, it, your home that is the best no advantage. 12 man yeah by eliminating a disadvantage you are at an advantage um this this is another one that's going to be tricky russell wilson is the kind of quarterback you don't want to deal with uh just based on his slipperiness however this is not the same seattle seahawks team that dominated for a stretch of about five years there's not a whole I'll make, lot i'll make a bold prediction if this team is like three and three coming into this game, I can see them just completely falling apart. It, you know, from everything we've read in the last couple of weeks and months, that you know, the defense hates everybody. The defense hates the offense. It sounds like uh, 
Richard Sherman hates everybody on that team. <laughs> you know, they were trying to trade him. You don't trade an asset like that just because. Yeah. So I could see this being a very shaky team where if things are not going well for them early, they could spiral out of control. So we could be catching them at the right time. So, again, this is another game where the defense is the strength of our opposition and the offense is sort of the weakness. If you look at weapons on this team, you have Doug Baldwin, who is a very, very good wide receiver. Uh, I think he's one of the more underrated wide receivers in the league. But aside from him, you have Tyler Lockett, Jermaine Kearse, kind of nothing. Uh, you know, Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rolls are sort of the running backs now. It's a marked <laughs> drop from Marshawn Lynch. Um, of course. Jimmy Graham is a in-name only sort of thing after his injury, I think, at this point, right? Yes, yeah. But when you flip to the defense, I it, it's hard to look at this matchup and not say it's an advantage for Seattle when you see Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill on the ends. And you have Malik McDowell, who they drafted this year, and Frank Clark, who they drafted in 2015 as their reserves. I mean, yeah. those are those are some quality names there. Bobby Wagner in, in, in middle linebacker, Richard Sherman, and... You know, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas. This is still a very good that's, that's, defense. That's, that's a, it's a star-studded defense as long as they're all on the same page. And like I said, you know, I think it depends on what kind of start this team jumps to. You know, if they're five and one and rolling, we could be in big, big trouble. Oh yeah, this one's tough because when I look at our offense and their defense, I'm not really sure how you attack. Um, well, if we think this team. If we think this team is going to make a legitimate long run into the playoffs, and we think they, you know, could be a fringe NFC champion contender, you have to win this game. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, this this is one of the ones where you have to win. Where it's it's tough. I'm not sure you have to win it. And you know, we're getting into late October. It's the end of that feeling out part of the season. You're getting into. There's a bye week coming up. You know, you're getting ready for the stretch run. You have to win a game like this. You know, if you can't beat, you know, the Seattle's at home, uh, you know, the Dallas at home, uh, Kansas City at home, then, you know, what, what is what's the uh, the ceiling for this team? I'm right there this with is, you. I, th I think this is really the first this is the first real test game where we say, you know, yeah, we think this team has the potential to do some big things in January. Yeah, I think. Losing in Seattle is excusable, despite your no matter how talented your team are, te your your team is uh, losing to them at home. If you're a serious contender, you you've got to beat Seattle at home. That's the only time you can beat them. Beat them at home. Uh, there's there's no excuse if you if you want to take yourself seriously. And uh, to me, to me, this is the kind of one where you want to make Russell Wilson look like shit. You want to. You want it to be one of those games where he's scrambling for his life, and every good play is just sort of almost lucky. And, you know, offensively, you just keep the pressure on until they start rushing the passer like fools, and something open up, opens up big. Um, then the last meeting, I don't think we won, but it was the day that Odell Beckham got Richard Sherman's respect. Uh, he really, <laughs> and that was his rookie year, I think. I don't it know was, if it was his rookie it, it year was, or the second it was, year. But. It was his rookie year. It wasn't last year. He, he, you know, he really, really, if he could beat Richard Sherman one-on-one, -on -one, you know, that, that says a lot because now you've got all these other weapons. It really, really forces 
you know, all of their pieces to be working individually and hopefully something can crack. By this time, this – I know what you've said this in the past where Evan Ingram has his breakout game. I think this time between the Denver game, the Seattle game, and next the, – the following week at the L.A. Ram game, that's his coming out party in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it'll be he'll be indoctrinated into the offense long enough. He'll get his reps and, you know – He'll get his sea legs in, which we'll talk about in a moment. <laughs> but I, I, you're right. I could definitely see that. You know, a, a third or fourth option that has the breakout game. See, I could see him. In this case, if you're Seattle, how do you how do you match up with him? Do you use Cam Chancellor for his size or Earl Thomas for his speed and feistiness? I I think that he creates a matchup problem where normally they have Cam Chancellor deal with it, but his speed is going to be a lot for Cam Chancellor to handle. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a type of defense that. Will do everything they can to shut down Beckham first. Mm-hmm. You know oh, everything. Yes. He will be the focus, and like they're not going to let Beckham beat him, which allows for opportunities. You know, single coverage. You know, across the over in the slot or something. So you're right. This really could be the big game for him. Yeah, I, I can see this being a game where Beckham has maybe four catches for maybe a hundred yards maximum. You know, probably less than that. But you'll see a lot of Brandon Marshall, and I think you'll right. see a lot of Evan Ingram. Just. Mm-hmm. You know where they just don't have answers for it, and, and more of those little quick screens to kind of you know evade a pass rush and stuff too. Yeah, I, I could see something breaking over the top, or you know Brandon Marshall with his size, I could see him sort of stiff arming whatever defender he has and just sort of running. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. That's that's all pie in the sky dreams. But I, when I look at it on paper, I do see that this could be a breakout game for the supporting cast and not the Odell Beckhams of this team. So if you put a gun to my head going into the bye week, I'm going to say we are three and four. Oof. Um, uh, not the worst three and four team you've ever seen, but we are what our record says we are type of three and four. I, th- I think right now, again, if we keep saying we're not making predictions, but my initial gut reaction says – Loss, win, loss, win, win, loss, loss. I'll say four and three. Gee, what, what is the game? We, we're, we're both saying we're going to lose to Dallas. No, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. saying we go 2-0, and o, lose to the Eagles, slap up against the Bucks, and beat the Chargers mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> after losing to the Eagles. So I think we go 2-2 uh, two and two to 3-2. and two. We lose in uh, in Denver be three and three and then we win against seattle at home i think it goes four and three okay so that's going to do it for us this week um we hope that you had a great fourth of july and we'll see you again next week for more on the Giants' schedule again you can follow us on twitter me personally at at football underscore grump or the the podcast at, at just giants pod or you can send me an email at just giant podcast at gmail.com you can bother me anytime you like at the cranky fan on twitter uh, you can also follow my companion podcast, Mark and the Cranky Fan. We discuss all things Florida football. So uh, that both podcasts are available on iTunes and on SoundCloud. And if you subscribe on iTunes, please leave us a rating and a review because we want to see how all of you love us or hate us. So. And we'd love to hear your feedback. If we're doing something annoying that you don't approve of or that you know we th- you think our format could be better, we'd like to hear how we can make it better. Uh- Exactly. Or just let us know you're alive out there, please. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for this week. Have a happy 4th of July and a safe holiday. Go Giants. Go Giants.